Warning, warning, two idiots are reading the SCP files over the intercoms. Please cover your ears and await further instructions. Hello? God, I hate your SCPs, Tan. What the? You wait for me to start recording, and then you say that? <laughs> I know, I'm so bad. No, um, hi guys, this is Darnell. Um, here on the podcast, discovering SCP with my friend. What the? What are you doing? <laughs> Joker's trick. That's my role. <laughs> All right, guys. So today I have counter four four SCPs. This is tangentially. This is my. This is our podcast, discovering SCP. Uh, here we read the SCPs. I... We read through them. We discuss them, and we have a nice time. Hmm, fine. He's trying I to steal relinqu- my life. I'll relinquish control back to you for now. Um, oh, gee, boy, guys, what's up? I'm Darnell. <laughs> so today we have four. <laughs> count them four. <laughs> oh my god, did I predict the number? You did, yes. <laughs> All of these are series two boys. Ow! And we're going to enjoy them thoroughly. I hope. So these are some pretty good ones. If SCP was Pokemon, this would be the Johto SCPs. Yeah. And we're going to be introducing another group of interest who we will discover as we go. Oh, is, is it PETA? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Is it Hogwarts? <laughs> no. Okay. Hmm. I don't know any other groups of interest. Neither of those are groups of interest. <laughs> Hogwarts? So you... Hogwarts is not a group of interest. Let's begin, <laughs> shall we? Okay. Yeah, sure. That's the first skip. See, look at me using slang, Ooh. guys. I'm a real SCP here. Skip, skip, skip. This guy knows what he's talking about. Am I uh, playing hopscotch? Because I love to skip. Hell yes. So the first one we're reading today is SCP-1609. And the title for that one is The Remains of a Chair. Oh, if that O and that 9 were flipped, we could have greatness. Huh? What the fuck is this chair? Oh my god. <laughs> This reminds me of the haunted chair near my old campus. Oh my, it's terrifying. What is this image? The face of that chair is how I look every time I need to go to SCP. Why does he look so pleased? (laughs) Mother. Why is he, she or he wearing, alright, you know what, maybe we should just read the SCP. Yeah, yeah. And we can see the caption for the image here as well, which is SCP-1609 prior to its acquisition by Global Occult Coalition Agents. Or Gok. Yeah, GOC. So, we also have a little blurb to uh, go through to introduce the G... What have you done? I'm sorry! What's the blurb? The blurb here I'll put into our Discord is just a little group briefing of the group of interest that's going to be involved in this article, just so we have some context. Oh, should we read that first then? Yeah, sure. You read it if you like. Oh. <clears throat> Overview. The GOC was created in the aftermath of World War II from the remnants of defecting occultists, psychics, priests, and scientists from Nazi, Soviet, and Allied states brought together and formed by the Allies. This sounds a lot like Hellboy. <laughs> I've um, that's Hellboy. The, you haven't? It's So you know the premise is like they have a demon fighting for them, right? It's the Nazis got a bunch of occultists to summon a demon from hell, oh, and then geez. he worked for the United States instead. That's That's the story. Nice. As the world stage broadened, so too did the number of countries that had their hands in the gawk until it became what it is today. 
The Gok are a largely political force, seeing themselves as the police of the paranormal world. They pride themselves on destroying supernatural entities and make use of the most high-tech experimental technology possible, obtained from their benefactors. <clears throat> Many potential skips have been destroyed by them before the Foundation could obtain and contain them. They have- oh, shit. So they're, like, actively a bad thing because they destroy the things the SCP wants to research. Yeah. I mean, arguably, some people might see them as the good guys because some of these yeah. SCPs really should be destroyed, <laughs> we're being honest. They have been both on the side of the Foundation and against it at times, depending on the situation. Uh, they largely hold the Foundation in contempt for their use and containment of SCP items rather than their out-and-out -out destruction. The Gok has respected the Foundation's formidable might enough to leave it mostly alone, although there have been some questionable incidents with which the GOC have strictly denied involvement. Agents of the GOC are to be treated with suspicion. So one thing that immediately comes to mind for me, hmm. Tan, is these guys have totally tried to help with the fucking lizard. <laughs> There's no way they haven't. I, I, I like to... I like to think, you know, the meme of, like, the, the black arm and the white arm coming together? It's like Foundation GOC destroying 682. <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to mind. But, yeah, this is interesting. Arguably, I'm not going to lie. Um, I love the SCP wiki, but in terms of the lore, I'm pretty sure these are the good guys. Because we've read far too many SCPs that are like, have killed triple, quadruple digit people, and the SCP Foundation's like, no, but the research! We need to protect them! I kinda, I'm kind of with the GOC. Unless they want to kill Cassie, then they're the bad guys. The entire Foundation universe revolves around Cassie. It really does. The, I like to think that she's actually... Just... I like to think... And, oh, sorry, what were you saying? All the groups of it just defined by how they feel about Cassie. <laughs> yeah, because Cassie's actually the, the shadow head of the uh, SCP Foundation. She's like the the uh, leader behind the puppet leaders. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So, wow, that's kind of cool. I'm I'm interested to hear more about them. Although, why would they want to destroy a chair? I like how I say that, and it's probably going to be like, this chair has killed three million people. Well, then. It's, it's, the soul of God. Let's get to it. Sure. So, SCP-1609, Object Class Euclid. Special containment procedures. It's contained at storage site 8, due to the difficulty of transporting it from that location. This is heavy. It's been contained in a specially designed enclosure at that site, within a flower bed, in which are in range of aesthetically pleasing flowers and plants to be cultivated. It's been used as mulch So the SCP is being used as mulch within the flower bed. The, Ew. the flower bed is to be tended regularly, and all visitors to the enclosure must remark on the beauty of the flower bed, with particular emphasis on the quality of the mulch. Why? What the fuck? SCP-1609 is to be removed from the flower bed at regular intervals so that it can be treated with wood, metal, and fabric preservatives. Personnel are to announce their intentions in the presence of the SCP before attempting to remove it for this purpose. So my guess is it's something that won't fuck with you as long as you're very clear about what you're doing. Hmm. So personnel assigned to 1609 are required to wear plain clothes in order to prevent accidentally triggering a violent response from it. No items with motors are allowed within a 200 meter radius of it. It's containment area. I'm just imagining it's like an old, like, fucking World War II grandma. <laughs> you wear like a, you wear like a, uh, a Metallica t-shirt and it just fucking kills you. <laughs> That's offensive! No personnel either presently or previously affiliated with the Global Occult Coalition, nor material reference to them, are to be allowed within Sackdorage Site 8. In the event oh. of a violent rejection from 1609, all personnel are to exit the immediate vicinity and a message to be played of the site's intercom speakers uh, informing site's dev of the event. 
Should it be sighted outside the containment area following a violent reaction, staff are to act in a submissive, non-threatening manner. Formal clothing, such as jackets, lab coats, protective clothing, jumpsuits, and particularly body armour, are to be removed if possible in the case of such an event, and any weapons capable of damaging SCP-1609 are to be immediately discarded. Um, that sounds dangerous. Staff are to ask 1609 to return to containment without attempting to threaten or command it. See, this is something I think should be killed. Should SCP-1609 exit storage site 8, agents are to be immediately dispatched in order to scan the surrounding area and, if possible, retrieve it. At present, there exists no way to totally prevent it from breaching containment. Current containment procedures centered on cringing it to remain within the containment area. So yeah, it literally is keep it happy. <laughs> That's the containment procedure. How is a chair so powerful, Tan? Let's find out. So description. SCP-1609 is, at the present time, a pile of splinters, wood chippings, furniture nails, and scraps of bleach leather and fabric, weighing in total approximately blank kilograms. A double digit, point, one digit. So the so, so we do actually see the picture of the chair there at the top is uh, SCP-1609 prior to acquisition by GOC agents. So, so it's no longer a chair. Yeah. Um, I wonder why it was willing to... I love how it's like, don't threaten to harm it, but there, it lets it chop it up into mulch. So the wooden portions of 1609 are made of oak and the nails are made of steel. SCP-1609 is capable of teleportation, being capable of moving its entire mass instantaneously between two points without any known limit. It usually uses this to bring its constituent parts together when parts of it have been removed from the mass, but it can also teleport its entire mass at once. Uh, on at least one occasion at a distance of uh, four digits kilometers. Holy shit. It's capable of splitting its mass, though it does this rarely. Any amount of material removed from the mass continues to display 1609's properties. It's resisted all attempts to remove it from the confines of storage site 8, teleporting back to the site of its own accord. However, it's previously teleported out of storage site 8 for brief periods before returning. This has only happened on a single-digit occasion since its arrival in Foundation custody. Interesting. SCP-1609 appears to be in some way sentient, as research indicates able to perceive its environment in a manner that is currently poorly understood, and is able to react to stimuli in an intelligent fashion. Details of its behaviour are poorly understood, although it has been ascertained it will react in self-preservation, and will react aggressively to certain stimuli which it connects with a threat to its existence. Aside from this, it appears to prefer situations in which it is utilised by humans, and will actively seek out situations where it can be put to use if left idle. Oh. So I'm guessing when it was a chair, it wanted to be sat on, and if you ever stopped sitting on it, it got angry. So it's easier to be flower mulch because you don't have to fucking sit on it for eternity. So this is the reason for the Foundation's present use of it as mulch, as this prevents it from becoming idle and attempting to leave storage site 8. Oh, close enough. It's theorized that it's capable of understanding human speech or thought, though this cannot be determined as it does not comply with tests designed to gain its awareness of such stimuli. When exposed to a number of specific stimuli, it will react violently. During a typical violent reaction from 609, it will teleport a portion of its mass inside the lungs of nearby personnel, causing immediate and severe lacerations to the interior of the lungs, as well as pulmonary obstruction, which rapidly leads to the victim's death. Oh, Jesus. Stimuli which can instigate a violent reaction from 609 include personnel wearing the uniform of, or clothes similar to the uniform of, personnel affiliated with the Global Occult Coalition, Utterance of words or phrases used heavily or exclusively by GOC operatives, such as threat entity, while in contact with 1609, any action demonstrating hostility towards 1609, and the sound of a running motor. Violent response from 1609 is rare, only one-digit events have occurred since containment, 
and it quickly reverts to a passive state after such a response if it does not continue to feel threatened. I'm going to guess the motor is they tried to put it in a wood chipper. Hmm. So. Alright. SCP-1609 arrived in Foundation custody on blank after teleporting into an unused containment cell at storage site 8 in its current state. Investigation. <laughs> it's just like, what's up, bitches? <laughs> That's not your your cell. It is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it's the only SCP in history to be like, please contain me. Try to remove me, mother. <laughs> the milk bath awaits. Careful investigate. That's so fucking ominous for the listeners. They have no contact. Oh yeah, they don't know about. Sorry, that's an inside joke. I shouldn't be making that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Careful investigation has revealed that 609 was originally a large chair made of varnished oak and bleached leather, carved in the form of a reclining Roman in a restful state. It appears to have possessed its enormous properties in this state, albeit with certain limitations, namely that the object will only teleport when a person within a certain radius, currently unknown, felt the need to sit down or rest without a comfortable seat or chair nearby. Oh, so in theory it's a, it's a nice SCP, as long as you don't threaten to destroy it. At this point, it would teleport to them and remain in place until another person experienced a similar urge. On blank, both Foundation operatives and members of the Global Occult Coalition were made aware of the existence of 1609, which was given the temporary designation of E662. 622, uh, E622, yeah, yeah, yeah. Due to the hard-to-contain nature of SCP-1609 and the possibility of its existence causing a breach of secrecy following the existence of, regarding the existence of supernatural phenomena, a small-scale effort to launch 69 was launched by GOC forces. Mm-hmm. It is presently unknown how exactly GOC operatives captured 609, but it is known that they succeeded in reducing the object into its current form using a wood chipper. I called it! Tan! <laughs> Tan? Did I call it? You did call it, yes. Hell yes. <laughs> So, further attempts to destroy 1609 failed due to its properties and ability to teleport away from sources of danger. Following this event, several members of the Global Cult Coalition died under unusual circumstances. Investigation through both official channels and embedded Foundation agents within the GOC has potentially linked 1609 to at least three deaths of personnel within the Coalition, although the true number of casualties amassed due to their mishandling of the item is unknown. It then so, arrived... I'm going to... Hmm. Oh, sorry. No, go uh, I was going to say, I'm going to assume... That since it only reacts when it feels threatened, that in theory you can kill it, or at the very least it can feel pain. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't care. Hmm. So I, there has to be some way to destroy it. Maybe like if you destroy all of it at once at the particle level, or like you burn it, maybe. Yeah, that'll usually kill most things, though. Well, not six eight two apparently. Hmm. I suppose not. Hmm. Right, so where, where was I? Uh, SCP-1609 then arrived. Yeah, it's unknown how it was aware of the existence of the Foundation, although it's theorized they entered Foundation custody due to a low risk of further damage to itself. That is kind of clever, actually. They're like, oh, these guys never punish anything for killing people. Help me! <laughs> I'll just vibe. They cut me up, man! <laughs> if you don't help me, I'll cut you up! Do you want to go for the, uh, the letter there, or shall oh, I? Shoot. I just put a piece of food in my mouth. Okay. SCP-1609 represents a perfect example of the flaws inherent in the operating procedure of the GOC and serves as a cautionary tale for any members of the Foundation who disagree with our practices on containing dangerous objects. Question. Did this article introduce the GOC as a concept? I'm not sure. Because it seems very heavy on describing what they are. I don't know if this was like an introductory article or not. Mm. Um... 
Hang on one second. I think they had been introduced prior, but... Uh, oh, God. I, I, I think to... this, maybe they just like going a bit further into it, this one. Right. Prior to the Coalition getting their hands on this, it was perfectly harmless. A chair which teleports to you and you need to see it as normal compared to most of the stuff that we deal with on a regular basis. When they put it through a wood chipper, it got hurt, scared, and angry, so it lashed out at them. By trying to protect the world by destroying it, they inadvertently made the situation a whole lot worse. SCP-1609 went from being harmless to deadly in the space of a few minutes because of the GOC, and we had to clean up the mess. Thankfully, SCP-1609 is pretty simple for us to deal with. So long as we don't do anything stupid around it, it won't fight back and it won't try to leave. Even if it does, it usually comes back. I think I've worked out why. It came to us because it was afraid of the people who had hurt it. That's why it always comes back. It's afraid of the rest of the world now, and it's looking to us for protection. This is why we have special containment procedures instead of special destruction procedures. If you break something, it's broken forever. When you try to destroy an anomaly, you can't take back your mistakes. That's what SCP-1609 has to tell us. This is why we're right, and the GOC is wrong, people. Dr. Sievert. Um, okay, hippie. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually, um, I have a couple things to say about this. I think overall, um, the general idea, they would, the Foundation's right. But to say there's no risk, I mean, what's to say someone wouldn't have smashed up the chair and used it for spare parts or thrown it in a dump? It could have just as easily turned violent. Um, another thing that's interesting to me, Tan, mm. and I don't have any proof to, to back this up, but we've seen in several articles that the Foundation isn't always honest, and sometimes people try to hint at that, right? Right. I wouldn't be surprised if this SCP was, I mean, not that it doesn't act the way it does, but, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if the way they've written this is to act as propaganda for the Foundation. Yeah. Because I could see disgruntled Foundation officers who have lost comrades or loved ones wanting to work for the GOC. So using this as a, like, see why they're wrong and we're right, I could see this being, like, passed around on pamphlets to new recruits or something. It's just very interesting to me. Right, yeah. Um. Overall, cool article. I like it. Dr. Sievert's a little preachy. Uh, I'd give it an 8. It's a eh, 7 out of 10. Okay, um, okay. I feel like it's a good article. There's nothing wrong with it, but I feel like there could have been more substance. Yeah. Um, in terms of describing it. It seemed more like an expose on the GOC than it did about the SCP itself. Um, okay. Especially towards the end. But it wasn't bad. It was fairly well written. Uh, let's check out the author. Yes. I hope it's not you because you didn't say it immediately. <laughs> yeah, the author Rio is... Uh, Kale. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with Rio Kale. Let's check if he's still around. Uh, recent contributions. Uh, last SCP. Oh my God! Last SCP he edited was February 2020, 29. Nice. So exactly two months ago. I, I that was a typo correction. So let me check. Right, and then his last edits before that were two years. Oh ago. no, he wrote he wrote that one, but he wrote it in 2014. Right. So yeah, nothing new for me. He's vaguely he's, he's around. Yeah. So. Real Hale, if you're listening, good job. I'd upvote if I had an account, but I'm not good enough for the SCP wiki. Uh, and by not good enough, I mean I'm too lazy to write an SCP. Okay, so uh, well, that's well, after... I have a question for you, Tan. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Were you yeah, saying no, something? No, 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 go. Um, so I know part of the point of the series is for my reactions as a newcomer, but I'm curious what you think about this SCP. I like it, yeah. As you said, I do feel like it's a bit preachy at the end, though, that last note. But it makes sense. Yeah, but... Like, I, I think sort of think the same thing. Is like, we've written it. it, it I don't doubt that it, it happened, but they've written it this way specifically to be like, well, look how stupid the GOC were. Yeah, exactly. 
To, because I could totally see a Foundation member after having a horrible experience with Dr. Tanhony in the stairway or after watching like a comrade die, be like, man, fuck these SCPs. I'm joining the GOC. So they put out shit like that. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're coming from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so. in that way, I kind of like it because it introduced... I kind of... The GOC is a con. Because a lot of these groups oh. we've looked at so far... Uh, like the Fifth Church, uh, the Machine God, have been, like, mystical, right? They've had anomalous properties. They have some um, mysterious aim. But this is the first extra group we've come across that's sort of like the foundation, that it's people that want to, in their own way, do what's right. They're not magical. They're not special. They're just a bunch of guys that want to destroy SCPs, just like the foundation wants to contain them. So having a sort of human almost rival faction to the foundation is really interesting i wouldn't mind learning more about them or reading some tales at some point right yeah very interesting and i think it's a great way to introduce to the second series it's like it's, it's like the season two antagonists <laughs> <laughs> you remember the fifth shirts they were the weakest of the jake groups of interest <laughs> <laughs> my four demon groups of interest all right what's the next scp you got for me Okay, so next one is SCP-1370. Alright, can you get me a link? There you go. And this one is called uh, Pesterbot, I believe. Pesterbot? Let me make sure of that. What was the last one called? That one was called The Remains of a Share. The Remains of a Share. So, when you say pest... Are you saying Pesterbot? Like I just typed, or Pesterbot, like to annoy? To annoy. Okay. So, in other words, that uh, weird poltergeist thing from the Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sorry about all the Harry Potter talk, guys. Um, I don't know why it's suddenly become an obsession. Okay, so... Uh... Oh, there's a script at the end! Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna... Oh my god. I, I didn't read it, I'm saving it, but I saw a glimpse and you have to be the SCP. Yeah, that, definitely. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, item number, SCP-1370. Object class, say, oh, actually, who wrote this one? Mm, good call. I would have accused you again. Uh, sorts. Sorts, that's a cool name. He has five levels, which makes me think he's probably still hacking. Yeah. Oh my god, look at the comment the first time he posted it. <laughs> Behold the pester bot, all souls will burn, all flesh will be pinched. Yeah, so I believe... No, actually, never mind. Whatever I was going to say, I realized, as I was saying, that that's not true. So... Well, what were you going to say? I was going to say Sorts wrote the toaster, that's not the case. <laughs> Oh no, the last thing he wrote was 2017. He's not active anymore. I think, I think he's still so, sort of around. Oh. Maybe he's just like watching over everyone from yeah. above. Yeah, well, don't say it like it's that. Like, it's like the JoJo, he's like in the sky. <laughs> one of the guys. It's like, I will always watch over you, my children. Let's get into the article. Right. I have a question, Tan. What is your question? Before we continue... The the fake SCP organization you showed me was not Generation Two, was it? Uh, that was Generation Generation Series Two, yeah. Oh, it was Series Two. Never mind. Never mind then. Okay, so and I was going to say that one was written 2013, and this was 2012, and I thought it was Series One, so I was confused. Mm, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Okay, okay let's go. Item number thirteen seventy. Object class safe. Special containment procedures. SCP-1370 is locked in a fireproof glass display case, stored in Gallery 27. If the case becomes damaged by external circumstance, any container of dimensions of at least 1.25 by 0.75 by 0.50 meters 
will suffice as a replacement until a new display case is available. The ethics committee... Oh, we've not run into that phrase before. <laughs> Hold on! I don't want to hear shit about the foundation having a fucking ethics committee. Well, they we'll... feed children to the melty monster. No, maybe, okay? Maybe we'll discover more of what they're doing later, but that is... The ethics committee is its own group of interest. They're not... They're just a fucking front for another group. There's well, no way the foundation has an ethics committee. We will... Mm, don't laugh so yet, because... I didn't realize it was not his article yet, but we may look, take a look into them later on then. Okay. There's no fuck. Maybe they implemented that in series two because of all the fucking children being sacrificed. So level two personnel and any hire may remove 1370 from its case at their discretion, but will face disciplinary action for failing to secure it properly afterwards. Wait, so even Chef Tanhony could remove this? Yeah. Especially Chef Tanhony. Wait a minute. Does it have any pictures? I'm checking files. It does have one. Oh, oh! It looks funny. Look at it. It's funny. Man. Sorry, con continue. So, SCP-1370 is a self-aware artificial being, uh, constructed from various electronical devices and tools. It stands approximately one meter in height and is capable of moving its articulated joints despite the lack of any power source or motors. It communicates in monotone voice via a speaker mounted on its chest. Its head is a voltmeter soldered up upside down to a neck joint, giving the appearance of a friendly smile, but containing <laughs> no active sensory devices. However, it will react to visual and audible stimuli, and its ability to do so is hampered when the head is covered or otherwise restrained. Its design appears to give more importance to aesthetic concern rather than function, as evidenced by a poor centre of gravity that hampers its ability to balance and walk. Is this made by Dr. Wondertainment? Mm-hmm. It is therefore believed that it was created as an art object and later imbued with art anomalous properties rather than designed with those in mind. So, apparently not. It can oh. currently f speak fluent American English, French, and Latin and is capable of learning new language. Can we stop it's... pretending American English and British English are different? They're only different in spelling. Well, you don't know why it is to get a crikey down to the pub, do you? Oh my god. So, like, it needs to know that. Yeah, you, you don't know what a schnog is. What's a schnog? Don't worry about it. Other facets of its intellectual <laughs> capacity have not been clearly outlined as 1370 is invariably hostile in all interactions of any being or object it interprets to be sapient. This includes, but it is not limited to animals, foundation personnel, civilians, audiovisual equipment, and security cameras. It's interesting to me because it says it's hostile, but it's object class safe, which granted just means that it's easy to contain, but also that just a level two can take it out, which mm. makes me think that it's not necessarily deadly, just annoying. Especially based on the name Pesterbot. So if it encounters an object it believes to be sapient, it will attempt to engage the object in combat while introducing <laughs> itself with a variety of elaborate titles which appear to be selected at random. Examples include Doombot 2000, Robolord the Destructor, Prime Minister Sinister, and Darth Claw Killflex. Oh my god, I'm stealing Prime Minister Sinister. 1370 will often include variations to the title based on responses it receives from personnel. Foundation staff have successfully introduced Patheticon the Gargle Most and Pex the Bot <laughs> to its lexicon. <laughs> Patheticon! Addendum. Many tests on its combat prowess have been run, each confirming that 1370 lacks the physical aptitude to cause damage to any living being. Okay, I thought so. Test 1370-8239. <laughs> Exposed it to a common houseplant with a speaker hidden in the plant's pot. 
After it was provoked verbally, it attempted to fold and twist the leaves of the plant within its grasp before incapacitating itself. Sea log that follows. Could, it, could it cause damage if it, like, got a gun, though? <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> you can be the uh, stage directions. <laughs> Researchers L. Allens and T. Bossum carry SCP-1370's case into the testing chamber. The case is set down one meter from a potted philodendron fitted with a small speaker. Release me, insects. I am Doom Master 1370, Master of all Doom. I shall be the herald of your destruction. Hmm, that's not the monotone voice that I was uh, told Fine. it had. Okay, hold on, I'll do it again then. Release me, insects. I am Doom Master 1370, Master of all Doom. I shall be the herald of your destruction. You know what? Can I hear the first one again? Release me, insects. I am two master fourteen. Seventeen <laughs> master of all doom. I shall be the herald of your destruction. Yeah, just keep that one. I don't care if it's not accurate. I love it. <laughs> Researchers leave the testing chamber and the case is opened remotely. Although no security risk is determined, the task requires SCP-1370 to focus on the plant rather than nearby personnel. Observations are made via an opaque glass window to prevent SCP-1370 from attacking its own reflection. At last, I am unleashed upon this earth, so deserving of destruction. Are you sure you didn't write this SCP? <laughs> All shall be rent within my pictures. All shall be trampled beneath my feet. I am Shivatron, despoiler of mirth. <clears throat> Hello, can you hear me? Who dares? All souls will burn. You will feel the sharp sting of my wrath. Identify yourself so that, my, that I may sing damnation upon you as you die. <coughs> I am a split-leaf philodendron, a semi-woody shrub with large glossy leaves. These leaves can grow up to three feet long. Attempting to wrestle the leaves. Your mockery spells your doom. I have arrived. You'll be crushed betwixt my digits. SCP-1370 falls over and is unable to right itself. After approximately six minutes, it knocks the pot over, which rolls into a position that pins SCP-1370's body to the floor of the chamber. Researchers enter to return SCP-1370 to its case. Wow, we got defeated by the houseplant. Who would not succeed in restraining this? So, um, I, so this is a very simple, straightforward one. But in the same way as Mr. Fish by Cactus, it's written in a way that's actively engaging, entertaining, it flows well. And for that reason, I want to give it um, probably a 10 out of 10. Because even mm. though it's not like necessarily the most impressive story-wise or dark or intriguing, it's just, for what it is, it's well-written. It accomplishes its goals, it's clean, it's funny. Um, I like it a lot. Nice, I like it a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, who was this guy again? Softs? Sorts. Sorts, you're the man. Alright, what do you got next for us? Next we have... Da -da 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 -da, SCP-1522, and this is a special one actually. We're introducing something new here as well. And that is a new object class. Oh, don't spoil it for me. I want to see who the author is before I read anything. Okay. Just in case. Um, flame shirt. Yeah, so I, I, when Five Shows on, we were actually, um, we, we, we got on quite well. I think we did a collaboration. 
I would love to read that collaboration at some point. Yeah, sure. Oh, wait, this isn't a new object class. Yeah, it is. No, it isn't, because Neutralized was in uh, yours that we read last time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Sorry, new to one that wasn't written by Tandem. Yeah, so now we know that it wasn't just uh, <laughs> the little guys writing, making up their own. All right, so if I remember right... Um, oh, sorry, I guess you should read the item number, object class, sorry. Yeah, so SCP-1522, object class neutralized. So if I remember correctly, um, and I can also gather this from what happened in the one we read of yours, neutralized means it used to exist, now it's dead. Basically. Um, yeah, all right. So, hit spin me off. So, special containment procedures, SCP-1522-1 and 2. <coughs> what were oh, quick question. Yeah? I'm so sorry for interrupting. Were there any neutralized in the first series, or is that a new addition to Series um, 2? I think there were some, but I can't, I'm, I'm not checking all files into chat, but I'm pretty sure they right, are. Right, of course. There. Okay. Sorry, continue. Were tracked, they were tracked and monitored by Mobile Task Force Pi-2, aka Boulder's Pyre. The vehicles consisted of two Hamilton-class cutters and one national security cutter, the SCPS Minos, with associated aircraft. Civilian maritime traffic was directed away from the expected course of SCP-1522-1 and 2. When this was not possible, the MTF Pi-2 ships would fire flares in order to attract and lead SCP-1 and 2 into isolated ocean areas. So what were these, like fish or like dinosaurs? Well, find out. The description, SCP-1522 refers to two fishing trawlers, which oh, are one and mind. two, each 39 <laughs> meters in length, and they were capable of speeds surpassing that of their specifications. Prior to Incident 1522-Row, their highest observed speed was 120 knots. Controls on SCP-1522-1 and 2's bridges were capable of autonomous movements, but were immovable by Foundation personnel. They were both assumed to be sapient, and usually responded to SPS vessel signals to change course. Interesting. Records indicate they were both manufactured simultaneously in 1991 at the Parkle Marine Shipyard in Whitby, United Kingdom. Hey, that's my mm. that's my home Your country's famous for writing SCPs that weren't even able to live. Interesting. After construction, SCP-5021 <laughs> and two were kept in Whitby Harbour for several months due to financial complications, before being sold to separate buyers. They served with their respective companies for three years before being decommissioned as a result of recurrent mechanical issues. No anomalous effects were present during this time. It is unclear whether either of them actually went un underwent a de decommissioning process. So here's something interesting um, mm. about this article. Um, so inadvertently, this is new because every SCP we've come across has been anomalous from the beginning. Mm. This is the first time that we've explicitly run across something that it wasn't anomalous and then it was. Um, and especially if they don't go over that, that means there might be some greater force, whether it's a group of interest or some sort of god that can make things anomalous. Hmm. And I wonder if that'll ever be the focus of a Taylor SCP that the Foundation tries to bend down, is an entity or a group that makes things anomalous. Because that would explain why there's more modern ones, too, like the toaster. Like, because, you know, they've been tracking SCPs since the beginning of time. I doubt there were toasters in the, you know, Stone Ages. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Uh, anyway, sorry, continue. That just really yeah. struck my interest. So in May 1997, SCP-1522-1 and 2 were detected in a refurbished and repainted condition off the southern coast of Alaska. Foundation VBBS operations found no crew aboard either ship. SCP-1522-1 and 2 were tracking a grey whale mothering calf. 
using modified active sonar pings to mimic cetacean calls. They were spent the majority of their time finding, engaging in play-like activity with various whale species. Aww. Okay, for a second I was worried they were, like, hunting the whales. <laughs> that's, mm, that's actually really tasty. cute. I'm sad, I'm sad that they were neutralized. Why were they killed? So the hulls of 1 and 2 regularly came in contact for prolonged periods while observing the animals. Oh, so they were dating. During a seven-month period spent in the Arctic, presumably searching for the bowhead whale, SCP-5022 collided with an iceberg. No! No! Part of the iceberg penetrated its outer hull and it was unable to free itself. Number one spent several weeks towing number two and the iceberg into warmer waters until the iceberg had melted. It remained afloat, the second one, but was not subsequently observed moving faster than ten knots. This is so sad. No. So Addendum 5022-1, which is an event log of Incident 5022-Row, taking place 60 kilometres northwest of Ullapool, Scotland, in mid-2011. So forward. The following log is a composite account of eyewitness reports and video feeds taken from members of M- Mobile Task Force Pi-2. So both of them were following a part of Minka Wales. Be- begin log. So, uh, uh, What are these numbers supposed to represent? Time, I'm pretty sure. Then why is it point instead of colon? I- I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that's time. 11.51. So, number one curves around the back O of number two before briefly accelerating to 80 knots, creating a large whale which splashes several minky whales and causes 15.22 number two to rock slightly. So, three minutes later, number two comes up to the port side of number one and sounds its foghorn. They turn together in a southwesterly direction. Okay, these boats had to be dating. Oh my god! I, I ship them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, 12.18, both number one and number two come to a complete stop. No activity is registered from either ship for a period of 17 seconds. Number one mm-hmm. th- then focuses its uh, weather surveillance radar on number two and sounds its foghorn three times in slow succession. Oh, is that like a funeral cry? 12.19, SCPS Minos detects an RGM-84 harpoon inbound on a bearing of 340. Vector indicates number two is target. Wait, so someone else is killing them? Oh, is it the GOC? So, 12.20, number two sounds its foghorn four times and begins moving at eight knots to touch its hull with that of number one. Number one and number two collide gently. SCPS Minos detects a second harpoon on a bearing of 340. 12.22, number one moves and turns to a bearing of 340. Number one then accelerates to Mach 4, resulting in large plumes of steam and the creation of a bow wave approximately 60 metres in height. Number one vanishes over the horizon in 23 seconds. At uh, 12.23, Harpoon missiles hits number two's starboard side. Its hull is ruptured and it begins to sink. All lights go out. No. 12.26, number one is seen returning from the direction it previously left. Its foghorn is continually blurring. It's its morning whale. Number one tries to prevent number two from taking on water by moving to its starboard side. <laughs> oh... This fucked up. As number two becomes completely submerged, numerous active sonar pings are detected, originating from number one. Number one begins a series of complex high speed movements. Resultant subsurface wave patterns create multiple zones of high pressure below number two in apparent efforts to cause it to resurface. At 12.30, number two is no longer visible from the surface. Number one ceases all activity. F. So. A few hours later, a dolphin helicopter is launched from the SBS Minos and approaches. Uh, 1522 for monitoring. No change in activity is, re- is reported. Uh, and at 1936, number one lets out a sustained call from its foghorn, 
the uh, SPS Minos is sonar detects large rectangular masses detaching from number one, later found to be part of its hull. It's fully submerged within 10 minutes. Did it commit suicide? Mm. No. So, closing statement, number one and number two were to be raised and beached in preparation for to be taken at salvage at Site 6, Svalbard. Weather conditions caused salvage operation to be delayed for several months, resulting in a delicate condition seen above. The remains of a GOC ship of indeterminate class were discovered at uh, coordinates. No lifeboats were, were found. 59 degrees yeah. uh, 30... I forgot what the second mark was. Um, north, and then 6 degrees 09, second mark west. Yeah, so basically when it went off on Mach 4, it just fucking wrecked the GOC ship, I guess. I have a couple interesting notes, but I'll wait till you finish the rest of the yeah. article. So, addendum two. Following, just during the recovery and investigation of the vessels, two small, partially formed, apparently anomalous rowing boats were recovered from within the hull of number two. These vessels were extracted from number two and are currently stored in C2 at site six. Is it implying that it was pregnant with ships? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Number three. Following the beaching of number one and number two, an unclear humanoid figure was spotted near the wrecks. However, no such figure was detained. The note below was found on the bridges of number one and number two. So uh, some some guy says they were happy before the end. Not all ships have to pass in the night from uh, Panglos. I guess that was their friend. I have some interesting things to say about this article. Hmm. Um, Because there are a couple of theories you could come to based on how you read it. Right. So how I mentioned earlier, the idea that something comes along and gives SCPs life is interesting in its own regards. Could be. However, if you view this in a more skeptical light, um, here's something interesting to note. We know that the GOC was made to destroy SCPs. Right. Before this SCP in the chair when we read, almost every SCP we've come across has been violent or negative in some way. So it makes sense that the GOC would want to destroy them. So I find it curious that the two big ones the SCP Foundation seems to have recorded, at least that we've read so far, are, oh, they've killed completely innocent SCPs. Right. Which, And the fact that... um. If you were to be skeptical about them becoming anomalous, you could argue maybe that was made up and maybe this whole story is made up as another reason to be propaganda. For example, why would it be necessary to mention the rowing boats if they were not anomalous? It's to imply that it was having babies. Um, I think you could easily see this as potentially more propaganda if you were skeptical, whereas if you viewed it from a more trusting angle, it would be um, an expose on not only how bad the GOC are, but also it raises some interesting questions. Like, who's Pangloss, for example? Mm. So, there's a couple ways you could view it. But I could clearly see this being more popular. I just find it interesting that in 99% of the cases, um, destroying SCPs would be viewed by most people as a good thing. But the two cases we've happened to read, the GOC kills, hurts completely innocent SCPs that mean no harm. Mm. It just it seems very propaganda-y. I don't trust it. I don't trust these foundation fuckers. I don't want them to act moral high ground. Aren't they the ones who fucking throw children to be eaten? Fucking ethics committee my ass. I don't trust you, foundation. I know what you're up to. Alright? Take him. What? What? Take him. No. Please! Flame shirt! Don't let them do this! It seems you need some more amnestics, Dono. No! I'm too woke. I'm a conspiracy theorist for SCP. <laughs> Alright, so we've read three so far, right? Does that mean there's only one left? Yes, there is one left here. Um, so that, there's a problem with that, Tanhoney. We're only n- not even like 40 minutes in, maybe a little over. We might need to read a fifth. Okay. 
depends on how long this last one is. Yeah, I have a fifth one. God, you're always prepared. But first, let's get to the fourth one and see how that goes. Okay, so we're going to read SCP-1839 here. 1839. That's the year you were born. Yeah. And uh, this is called Reproductive Methods of Bony Fish. Real quick, another thing I want to note. Aside from that first one we read, the ones you've shown me have all been low upvotes. Not to imply that they're lower quality, but just maybe lesser known. Well, we've been on Series 1 previously, and... um... Something about that, obviously, is that those are the ones that get the most sort of views. Those are the ones that have the most sort of fan stuff as well. Right. So, that also, so yeah. Um, two more things to note. I forgot to rate the ship one. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a 5 out of 10. Okay. Um, and this one was written by Salmon Corbett, which, if I remember, wasn't he the one that made the Little Misters? He did, yes. Nice. Good to see an old face. Okay, so shall we jump right in? Sure. Hit so. me up. SCP-1839, Object Class Safe. SCP-1839 is kept in Containment Locker 534 at Site-19. Access is only as regarding to personnel possessing clearance level 4 or higher. No, no recording devices of any kind is to be allowed inside Containment Locker 534. Personnel are to note that they are fish. Personnel who are or have previously been toasters or library should not be assigned to SCP-1839 due to the risk of electrocution or water damage. Uh, oh, description. Uh, revision SCP four two six and what's the library? I don't uh, think we've read that yeah, one. Yeah, maybe maybe later. <laughs> oh, but, that's kind of funny. <laughs> so, description revision two. SCP eighteen thirty nine is a one point three kilogram hardcover textbook, forty six centimeters by thirty seven centimeters in size. It's titled Reproductive Methods of Bony Fish and is credited to Doctor Albert Salinas. There's a little footnote here. No yeah. individuals with this name have been found to have doctorates. Yeah, the publisher on the sleeve is abbreviated to Uriah Fetch Publishing. I'm going to guess that footnote, no publisher, yep. Yeah. The sleeve of the book shows a rough, colourful diagram of the reproductive system of an Atlantic blue marlin, similar to what the reader currently is. The backside of the sleeve contains a, similar, a simple summary of the text contents. So when you read it, you become a fish? Hmm. So in Reproductive Methods of Bony Fish, Dr. Solonis gives us a brief overview of what we can expect among the mating rituals, sexual organs, and ultimate reproduction by bony fish. And the necessity for any student of marine biology, reproductive methods of bony fish is the go-to text for information regarding the reproductive cycle of osteochthys. Easy to understand footnotes. It's osteochthys. Yeah. Uh, Osteo-like bone, and then ichthys, I don't know. I don't remember. That's what I said. Um, I was going to say bony fish didn't sound scientific, and then they used the name. So, easy to understand footnotes and informative case studies are numerous throughout the text. Also included is a glossary and an online registration key you can validate at Redacted. <laughs> no such a modern textbook. <laughs> for more information. And no such website exists anyway, so I don't know why it had to be Redacted. Yeah. That's funny. There is no design or tight link underneath the sleeve. The estimated page count of SCP-1839 is... Five... I don't... I have no idea what... These... It's... Uh, it's... It, it's... Alright, this is more scientific notation. It's around 502 pages, plus or minus 23. Um, th- that that's a statistics term, plus right. minus. So when you take an average, there right, is right. Um, an acceptable range of uh, difference. So it could be anywhere from, uh, let me do some quick math: four seventy nine to five twenty five pages. Right. Okay. So any human being viewing the content of any page inside SCP eighteen thirty nine will undergo a severe psychological disturbance, and as the reader reader will will note, you may already be a fish. Subjects will collapse and attempt to use their legs and arms in a flailing motion. 
Subjects will hold their breath until expiration. If the subject is placed in water, they will attempt to breathe and subsequently drown. This effect is mimetic in nature and propagates through all forms of media, notably even through computer programs programmed for the interpretation and representation of such data in alternate forms, including charts and graphs of prominent words, letters and punctuations. Note that subjects reading this article are most likely a fish-ish, such as yourself. Wait, but we haven't read any pages of it yet! So, testing has shown that this effect causes no, causes no physiological changes, including neurological, and is purely psychological in nature. However, you may already be a fish. Foundation psychologists have concluded that effective subjects think they are a fish. Note that the reader is most likely not affected, as fish brains are incapable of forming such complicated existential thoughts. Wait a minute, we haven't- it said only if you read a page. We haven't read a page, we just read the summary from the cover. So there's no way we could be affected. So, SCP-1839. Also, if it's completely emetic, wouldn't an amnestic fix this? Hmm, maybe. SCP-1839 has proven incredibly frustrating for Foundation researchers, especially considering the concerning the virulence of its mimetic na nature, such as the fact that you are a fish. Several prominent researchers have argued that its effects are not mimetic, but entirely transcendent of media forms, and that instead an exterior force acts upon any observer of its text or interpretations of the text. Know that you may further be impeded by your possession of fins, not hands. So, addendum. The description has been revised as it was found that one in five observers experienced minor of psychological effects, such as a sudden urge to swim, flapping of hands, fish lips, while reading this article. It is unknown what effects this article may have on observers, not to mention the fact that you have fish eyes, making the observation of text much more difficult. Please report any strange feelings or thoughts you may have had while reading this article to me personally. While its content may list several sexual techniques, please don't use this book for personal pleasure. Doctor, you are a fish. <laughs> Alright, so honestly, I have a couple of issues with the, um, with the article yeah. um, that I want to go over real quick. So, it, it says that if you read this in any form, i.e. like binary data, using computer programs, etc., you'll be affected. Which means, if by sheer um, coincidence someone wrote the exact same words and formats as in the book... Their writing would suddenly become anomalous. I guess so. And I just kind of—it seems like it's trying to be a funny article, right? Mm. Um, I think that's the intention, but it kind of lacks the same charm that a lot of the funnier articles do have, like right. um, such as Mister Fish or the last one we wrote. Um, yeah. I don't want to—I don't want to like shit on this guy. I mean, I, I respect anyone who writes these. You know, it takes time. You know, they put effort into it, and I don't want to be like, oh, it's bad. But just personally, uh, they're. Just a couple of plot holes for it that don't really fit in with my understanding of the SCP universe. I don't find the same level of charm. I'll probably give it a 3 out of 10. Right. Uh, I don't like this one too much. Especially, I think what really killed it is, like, a lot of times the humor is more subtle, but, like, Doctor, you are a fish is, like, really blatant. Um, so I'm going to have to give this a lower rating. I apologize, because I... I uh, assume you like this one, and I'm sure there are people that do, and that's not a bad thing or anything, but just personally, not a fan. Right, okay. Take him away. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> uh, well, what do you think about it? I'm no, sure no, no, you no, might no. want to offer a more positive interpretation. It's, it's not my favorite by any means, I just give me a chuckle. Yeah. Yeah, I could see this, but I don't know. I just feel like there are better funny articles. So yeah, I guess this is the second. I feel bad because this is the second one on the whole podcast I've said I've not liked, and it's written by the same guy. So it feels like I'm attacking Salmon, <laughs> and I don't mean to. I'm, uh, I'm sure you are a good writer. I mean, I don't think your works are bad. They're just not my cup of tea, personally. This bully, this podcast attacker. 
No, it's not my intention. I I apologize. <laughs> I'm just trying to be honest. Um, do you think we should do a fifth, or do you want to just talk for a bit and then cut it there? Well, we are... Mm, it wasn't that long ago when we started, so I think one more, maybe. Sure. Do you have another in mind? Maybe we can end on a bit of a more less Debbie Downer note from me. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see what we've got here. I will say one thing that did give me a chuckle is I like the reference to the toaster in the library. So I think that's kind of okay. Okay, so how good is your Ronald Reagan impression? Um, I don't know what he sounds like. Neither do I. So I'll just talk. <laughs> it's, okay. it's me, Ronald Reagan. Oh, okay, that's so uh, okay, so, okay. So here we are. With... Yeah, it's my Bill Clinton impression. Close enough. So this is a pretty well liked one, as you can see. I'm sure when you click on it. This is SCP-1981. while talking? What the fuck? Oh, you know what? Hmm? I'm only looking at the picture in the caption. This kind of gives me the same vibes as... You know that um, that famous like TV broadcast interference with like the guys in the masks? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kind of gives me those vibes. Max Headstrong or something, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this one's got a lot of upvotes compared to the other Series yeah. 2 ones. This is this one really hit off. I think it got like plus a hundred on its first day being posted. Pretty good. All right, spinning me okay. off. So, uh, item number SCP nineteen eighty one, object class safe. I want to. Does nineteen eighty one have to do with a year when he was elected? It might do. That might be a cheeky reference. So special consent, and of course, the title of this one is Royal Rage and Good and Cut Up While Talking." Oh, okay. So, special containment procedures. It's kept inside a secure video storage unit at the media archive of Site Blank. When, it's, when in use, it should not be removed from its casing or exposed to any strong magnetic sources. A Betamax home video system and an analog television have been provided an observation theater or two at site blank, as well as video equipment to record viewings. Hmm. So, description. SCP-9081 is a standard Betamax tape. Ronald Reagan, caught up while talking, has been handwritten on the adhesive sticker in felt-tip pen. Laboratory analysis indicates that 1981 is made of ordinary material, and serial numbers correspond with home cassette tapes produced in September of 1980. It was initially encountered by a filing clerks in the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in 1991, who upon watching it alerted the police with the intent to find the tape's creator to press obscenity charges. Oh, that's a little overdramatic. <laughs> a low-level police investigation was conducted, at which point the Foundation was alerted and secured 1981. Class Wait. I like the idea that before they even knew it was anomalous, they they just took a, a video that had been edited. Wait, well, well, we... This could be dangerous. <laughs> Hold on, well, we'll get into it. So, All Class right. A amnestics were administered before Blank could be notified. Further investigation of the library's records by Foundation personnel failed to yield any leads on SCP-1981's origin. It appears to be a home video recording of former United States President Ronald Reagan delivering his Evil Empire speech to the National Association of Evangelicals at Sheraton Twin Towers Hotel, Orlando, Florida, on 3-8-1983. However, at 1 minute and 10 seconds, the speech begins to deviate heavily, eventually resembling no known speech ever made by Reagan. Beginning at approximately 5 minutes, multiple incisions, lacerations, and penetration wounds can be seen being slowly inflicted, though no corresponding source of these wounds is visible. Despite suffering bodily harm would likely incapacitate an ordinary person, Reagan will continue to deliver his speech until either his vocal cords are severed, or the tape degrades to static at 22 minutes 34 seconds. Upon so it's, about the episode, it's about the length of a standard TV episode. Yeah. So upon rewinding the 1981 initiating playback, Reagan will deliver an entirely new speech, often radically different from the ones previously observed. 
Topics have included in torture, child molestation, and ritual sacrifice. Jesus! Trauma inflicted upon Reagan also appears to be diver- divergent with impalement, genital mutilation, and redacted having all been observed. Okay, does Ronald Reagan know about this thing? I don't know. So I guess that's why it's a novelist. Yeah. It's different every time, and the topics are so, you know, brutal. Yeah. In roughly one in seven viewings of 1981, a figure clothed in black robes with a conical hood will have replaced a random member of Reagan's press detail, henceforth referred to as 1981-1. And we can actually see that in the image there as well, if you look. Where? If, Which image? Look, oh, I see it at the top! Yeah. Oh, that's creepy as hell. Whoever edited this has some mad Photoshop skills. <laughs> kind of clever. So the significance of the appearance of 1981-1 is currently unknown. The speeches delivered by Reagan are mostly incoherent, lacking any sort of underlying thematic structure, and largely being comprised of nonsensical anecdotes and parables. However, occasionally references are made to future events that Reagan could not have possibly known about or predicted, such as the September 11th terrorist attacks, the result of the 2008 oh. Russian elections, and blank blank. Oh god! So, for this reason, rigorous time and effort has been devoted to recording the speech delivered on each playback. So now I realize, so the first time the librarian watched it, she, she said the speech was normal, right? He was just being lacerated? I don't think it ever said specifically what was on it. Okay, maybe that's why obscenity charges, because of like the whole child molestation stuff yeah. and impalement. So for this reason, rigorous time of effort has been devoted to recording the speech delivered on each playback. Attempts to replicate it onto a similar Betamax tape have met with failure. However, cameras used to record the television it's been broadcasted on have succeeded in capturing individual playbacks. So this is, that's interesting because, um, uh, it's, it's hard to watch, but they have to keep watching in case they get some major information. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of fucked up. So any observations performed on 1981 must be recorded on the camcorder provided and delivered for subsequent review to Dr. Blank, the Blank. Dr. Betamax, this. (laughs) Project supervisor. You know what would be interesting, Tan? Hmm? And it would be really cool if there was a tale or an SCP about this. If there was an SCP that they were able to capture because of a future event they saw in this one. Oh, I, I won't say anything, but I actually have one written that might pique your fancy there. That you read? I wrote, read wrote? Yeah. I would love to read that at some point. Maybe yes. next episode. Yeah, it's a bit further on, though, so we might have to leave it for a bit series five. Oh, rip. So. Years of I don't nat- want to wait eight years. <laughs> so years of natural magnetic interference have severely degraded 1981 signal quality, making it even more difficult to sift meaningful information from playbacks. Additionally, the gruesome nature of mutilations performed upon Reagan have been described as extremely disturbing, and for this reason it is recommended that any personnel feeling squeamish or ill after playback visit the on-site psychiatric facility for a level 3 evaluation. As Ronald Reagan was alive at the time of the containment, a surveillance net was deployed to establish any relation between him and 1981. No known condition was developed, though Reagan would frequently complain about nightmares before his mental state degenerated due to Alzheimer's. Oh, I never knew he had Alzheimer's. Alright, so there's some recordings. Yeah, so we have some scripts here. They're of course just the speeches, so... Uh... Oh, are you going to make me read these? You... Whoever read these is going to get cancelled in ten years, I hope you know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, alright, who should, should we take turns? I'll do, the, I'll do the first one, you do the second one. Something tells me the second one's way worse. <laughs> well, let's, let's find out, I don't remember specifically which one's worse. Okay. Okay, so. <clears throat> uh, I'll read the timestamps. Uh, 17 minutes, 24 seconds. Hold on, I need to figure out my Reagan voice first. Hello, I'm Ronald Reagan. Is that what he sounds like? I don't know. That's what my Reagan sounds like. You know what? Hold on, let's take a minute, let's look up Reagan's speech. 
Reagan speech. Let's let's listen to his voice. Okay. Hold on. Give me a minute. My name is Ronald Reagan. Okay. So it's very like fifties old man here. You can listen just zoom to like a minute in. Very basic old white guy. Of all the nations of the world. Of all the nations Hello. in the world. My name is Ronald Reagan. That's as close as I'm getting, I think. Yeah. Alright, so 17 minutes, 24 seconds. Okay, let me get the, the speed back up. <clears throat> a renewal of the traditional values that have been the tendons of this country's strength. One recent survey by a Washington-based researcher concluded that Americans were far more willing to participate in cannibalism than they have in the past hundred years. America is a nation that will not suffer abominations lightly. Seven. And that is the core of the awakening. Twelve. Eighteen. We will stop Al-Qaeda. Now there you go again. Seventeen minutes, fifty-three seconds. The floor is done. Eighteen, <laughs> 18 minutes, two seconds. For the first time we have risen, and I see we are being consumed. I see circles that are not circles. Billions of dead souls inside containments. Unravelers have eaten country's moral fabric, turning hearts into filth. I'm from a kingdom level above human. What does that yield? A hokey slamile that damns an entire nation. 18 minutes, 43 seconds. There is no hope. 19 minutes, 15 seconds. So Reagan winces back as if experienced severe pain. Several new lacerations begin to manifest across Burr eye socket, as well as punctures appearing to penetrate forehead and temples. Remainder of left arm is now cleanly bisected. Poor Reagan, what did he do to deserve this? 19 minutes, 59 seconds. Further consensus have proven that over half of all Americans still hate. Eaten whole by void. The emptiness, the sadness, the blackness, the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good speech. Uh, yeah. All right, can you do the timestamps for mine? Of course. <clears throat> so, 12 minutes, 32 seconds. I've been to the steel mills of Alaska and the cornfields of Nebraska. I've seen the derelict offices of Google burn with the window boarded up and the squatters inside them. I've seen the houses where they cut up the little babies. From coast to shining coast, I have walked empty down drooling path. The decaying flesh of false morality poisoning our children. I have stood atop the mountain of this greedy earth, looking upon our beautiful pious pit filled to bursting with the vast hands of helplessness. And did you know what I saw? 1357. So there was a minute and a half wait before he answered. <laughs> How? Fourteen <laughs> Now there you go again! <laughs> Fifteen minutes. But truly now, we live in a fortunate time. This is a fortunate time. Time is on our side. <laughs> a stitch in nine saves time. Fifteen forty. They are your truths, and they are my, my truths. They are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown... Some of them are in the audience right now. 1602. So at this stage, wounds inflicted upon Reagan's neck appear to be so severe that it can no longer support the head. Speech degenerates into gurgles as Reagan violently jerks forward, spine being severed cleanly, and the head only being loosely connected to body by strands of muscle tissue. Body remains animate for the next three minutes and continues to gesture as spinal column appears to be withdrawn from neck cavity before finally collapsing. <laughs> Tape degraded to static at 22 minutes, 34 seconds. <laughs> Why does this exist? It's a, it's a good speech. Who made this? Alright, next so, block, Tan. So next radio transcript of recording is redacted 05 level clearance required. They don't want Cassie to see this. Alright, do you want to do the next one since yours was redacted or should I well, do it? Well, it's not really a script, but uh, I'll go for it. So, 
Zero seconds, long shot of podium as well as empty chairs normally occupied by Regan and Interage. Curiously, it is the only recording that lacks both the intertitles and the presence of Ronald Reagan. At 30 seconds, the camera zooms in on the podium. At 2 minutes 55 seconds, entity known as 1981-1 enters shot from left and stands at podium. Remains motionless for the remainder of film. At 22 minutes 34 seconds, tape flashes to single frame intertitle with words I see you coloured in red. Holds for 7 seconds, then immediately cuts to static. No further signal for remainder of tape and transcripts. Ah. There's a note. So yeah, there's the last known sighting of 1981-1. It's been absent in all subsequent playback. If observed, staff are advised not to attempt to communicate with it and to alert any level 4 supervisors on duty. So I'm guessing they can still play it back, but he just hasn't showed up anymore. That is... This is a really scary one. Um... It's honestly more frightening than some of the more violent ones we've read because it's just so ominous. Like, why does this exist? How does it know the future? What is Dash 1? Why is Reagan being cut up? Why specifically Reagan? Hmm. It, there's so many questions. I hope this has its own tags or, or tales. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I actually said the author here. So it's not me. Don't worry. It's a DigiWizard. DigiWizard. Really good job. This is... I think this was extreme. his first SCP as well. Jeez, talk about a fucking banger. What has he done recently? He's, he's low level, so my worry is not much. Uh, yeah, last edit was May 2012, and it was for this one, editing a typo. I think this is the only SCP he wrote, according to this. Yeah, actually, now that you look like it's true, he's one-hit wonder. Yeah, so he's like Tin Man in that regard. <laughs> That's a shame, man. You put a lot of effort in this, and it's really good, and I would have loved to see more from you. Um... I have to give this one a 10 out of 10. Brilliantly yeah, executed. Set, put chills down my spine. Because, you know, to an extent, I think, and this isn't even a brag, I feel like most people our age are like this, Tan. We've kind of become desensitized to violence. Yeah. So just saying people get cut up or hyper-realistic blood or whatever isn't scary. But the way it's written and, and the setup is so ominous that it still manages to be kind of give you that tingle of fear. It's, it's really good. And I wish I had more competent things to say than that, but I, I just really like it a lot, so I'm going to have to give it that 10 out. What right. about you? What do you think? I really like this one as well. I, I, I was around when this was uh, posted, and I really liked it then as well. Wait, this it, was posted in 2012, right? So 16-year-old Tanhony was peeing his pants in the middle of the night. Like, it didn't so scare me, but it was like, I don't get scared that easily by stuff, but I just usually right. think it's like neat. Did you did you know who Ronald Reagan was at the time? I, I knew of him. Fair enough. It's not like I'm a Ronald Reagan expert. Apparently, he's, he's a very controversial political figure because hmm. when he was elected, he was um, one of the few presidents in recent memory that like both Democrats and Republicans liked. But then he was really controversial because he's the one who started the war on drugs, which. Um, I don't want to get too political on the podcast. Right, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of racial tension, blah, 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 behind that. Yeah, so now he's viewed as a much more controversial political figure. But at the time of his election, he was very well-liked as a president. Mm. Um, so he's he's kind of like been seen as like a someone who's gone from zero to 100 in that spectrum. Right. Uh, so very interesting that he was chosen to be the one done for this. Very, very interesting. Yeah, they did him. That's a very cool. I wonder if there are more presidents involved in the SCPs, or even just other historical figures. Oh, definitely, definitely. We'll get to some of them. Is there is there one for King George? Is the reason he lost the war against America? Mm, well, 
we may get to uh, stuff about uh, that later on. Um, I wonder if the GOC would try to destroy this tape. You know what I would really like to see, kind of? Mm -hmm. For all the hate that SCP gives the GOC, I would love to see a tale where, like, even though they're kind of enemies, there's a case where an SCP breaks out and the SCP's lives are spared by GOC killing it. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. So, um... Cool. There, there, of course, as they said in the sort of blurb, there are cases where they work together and things like that. Interesting. Um, overall, I really liked what you've put together this episode. Um, I love that... Um, ironically, though, and I feel bad saying this, uh, I'm very thankful for what you put together. I enjoyed most of them. But it felt like this ending that wasn't even originally supposed to be in the episode was probably the most exciting and um, mm. well-thought-out SCP I've read this episode. Because a lot of it, I kind of had a feeling was like propaganda against GOC. You know, a lot of it was introduced and that. That was cool. But this SCP really just kind of makes them all pale in comparison. Not because they're bad, but just because this one is so good. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm really glad we did do this one. Were you going to put this in a later episode if we didn't do it today? Uh, definitely, yeah. It's one of the big ones. I had to do it somewhere. <laughs> that is really cool. Oh, man. I wonder what the discussions say. I wonder what people say about this. It's got a lot of posts. Yeah, we, uh, we need to get you an account sometime. At least to just sort of can I have it. an account without submitting an SCP? Yeah, yeah. There's a Well, we'll go for it on the podcast, but there's a process we can sort of sign up. Because if that. there's a way to make an account so I can comment and like without making an SCP, I'll do that. I can start uploading. Yeah, yeah. Except for yours, of course. Um, okay. <laughs> only because if I did, I would upvote every single one of yours and I would be accused of being a bot. <laughs> okay. Yes, right. so, um, and that's it for this week, I suppose. Yeah. Um, actually, are there any closing things we want to talk about? Do we want to shoot the shit for a second, or do we just want to call it here? You got anything you want to say? Um, well, frick, I, I hate that, that I said that, and now I don't have anything to say. Um, I don't know. You know what I'm interested in? Mm -hmm. um, we haven't asked this of the audience yet, but I would like to hear your guys' thoughts on some of the SCPs we read. Um, obviously, you don't have to comment. But if any SCPs in this episode or in future episodes stick out to you and you have your own personal thoughts or theories about them, please post them down below. I know some people have already posted their own theories. Like, I remember, I think Boris did one for the lizard. Um, mm. I would love to see more of that. And maybe if we have spare time, at least I know I like to check the YouTube, we might respond to those comments and talk about it a little. I think that could be fun, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get a little bit of audience interaction. And of course, um, if any of you want to follow us on Twitter, we are can be found at, at Anthony Shacklet and at Culver Curtis. Oh, so shit. yeah, not holding right. back. Well, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Anything you'd like to say to the audience? Nothing I can think of. You sort of just covered it there. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. I cover everything. Oh, it's really awkward that you didn't laugh at that. Now it just sounds like I'm. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll move the laughter closer to what the thing you said and post. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> oh, there's a comment on this by Ophite. Didn't we read another SCP by Ophite? We did, yes. It's so weird because even though a lot of these people aren't around anymore, like seeing them interact with each other is so surreal to me. I I can only imagine what this must have been like for you seeing it in real time. It's like all the celebrities getting really cool. Do you ever interact with people on the site? Never. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, only when begging for likes on 5,000. 
And that's the end of the episode, everyone. Um, we'll see you next week with a, a crazy new episode. It's going to have some SCPs on it. Maybe maybe we'll look at some groups of interest. Don't but... believe him. He lies. All he says are lies when you ask him questions. Take him away. No.